Hi, this is Nick Forster. Welcome to this week's edition of E-Town. Here we are in late January. Uh, despite all the challenges and problems, the sunshine is getting a little longer every day, and uh, it feels like that. This week, we're going to do what we always do, some great music, a little opportunity to learn some things. We've got singers from the East, singers from the West, energy experts from Texas, and that all starts right now. from the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town, with this week's guests from Nashville, Tennessee, Margo Price, from Austin, Texas, energy expert Roger Duncan, and from Los Angeles, California, Swamp Dog. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, here's your host, Nick Forster. Thanks, Helen. Welcome to E-Town, coming to you from the solar-powered E-Town Hall with nobody out there where the audience used to be. And we're going to be fine because you're listening. This week, we've got something we always hope for, one of those musical collisions where both artists are fans of each other. They play different styles, but they find some common ground. In this case, they, they come from different parts of the country. They play different styles of music. They come from different generations, but it works out great. Jerry Williams, also known as Swamp Dog, is on our show coming to us from his home in California. He's got a great story and track record. He's put out lots of records, and now he's really being rediscovered. We've got an expert in the field of energy conservation and carbon reduction joining us from Austin, Texas. And up first, from her home outside of Nashville, Tennessee, Margot Price is with us. Margot is a native of Illinois who moved to Nashville at the age of 20, and she did all the things. She played every open mic. She worked in restaurants, figuring it out while she was writing songs and getting better and better. And of course, she got the attention of some folks who could help, like John Prine and Kenny Vaughn and Sturgill Simpson. And pretty soon, she was traveling with her own band, playing on television, touring in Europe. She had a number one country record on the British charts. But more than all of that, she became what her friends describe as the heart and soul of East Nashville. Her latest record is called That's How Rumors Get Started. Here's the title song from Margot Price. I've been on this side of town I don't cross the river much these days I haven't been avoiding you I'm hardly ever around Sure we could talk but what would I say In the wind Now I 
Margot Price, welcome to E-Town. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, before we talk about your your uh, latest record, which is called That's How Rumors Get Started, just tell me how you're holding up, staying home, no gigs, no change of scene. You've got a one-year-old and a 10-year-old and your husband and your, your home every day. How's that all working? Uh, it's next level chaos, but... Just trying to see that silver lining and just happy to have a roof over my head and yeah, yeah, grateful. Am I right that your your husband got really sick with COVID back in March? He did. He was sick for about three months. Wow. Just could not shake it. He went to the ER three different times and I just really thank God every day that he did not leave me. And, you know, I, I could be a widow of two kids right now instead of just an unemployed musician. I'll, I'll take, <laughs> I'll take that any day. He's, you know, we co-write together and we're, um, we've been together for 17 years. So it was terrifying. Um, I, I love that in your songwriting, you're really clear about where you came from, you know, that it hasn't been that long since you struggled to make rent and that you feel grateful that, as you say, you've got a roof over your head. You're very candid about your past and, you know, your your sort of humble beginnings. And it took a while for you to, to make it as a singer and a songwriter. Yeah, I my uh, 13-year overnight success. <laughs> as a, <laughs> I, you know, it, it was really hard to fail for that long and just have my family, like, not be proud of me, you know. I was kind of felt like the black sheep. Right. Then after a while, you start to feel like maybe I shouldn't be doing it, but I just... I wouldn't take no for an answer. And did you study any other songwriters to try to work on your craft during that time? Always, I think. And you know, my husband and I, we grew up learning to write together too. And we both love all the same music. I just like so much stuff from the 60s and 70s. You know, I always felt like I was born in the wrong time. Just the way that people used to write, everything wasn't so spelled out, you know? Like, right. 
It was more abstract, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And the, the metaphor just feels like it's dying some days. Yeah. Speaking of the um, 60s and 70s, the title track, That's How Rumors Get Started, you somehow conjured up your best Stevie Nicks. I mean, you're a great singer, <laughs> but the fact that it has the word rumors in it and you sound like Stevie Nicks on that song <laughs> was not unnoticed. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a, a pretty blatant nod. But, <laughs> you know, they, they, I guess their entire album, Rumors, like never had a song, Rumors. There was never the word in there. So right. I, I wanted to to write the missing song. <laughs> right. Um and then the, the the last song on the record, of course, is just such a great song. Thank you. Um, I'm assuming that one, I Die For You, that's also about your family. Yeah, it was, um, Jeremy and I were writing it to each other, but also to our kids. And yeah, it's just one of those songs that as a parent and as a songwriter, you kind of feel like you have to write. And I'm really happy that that I have that song because it's like, Everybody needs that song that they can just belt, you know? Yeah. And I, f- I didn't have my, like, oh, I don't like the word power ballad, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. Dolly Parton had a, I Will Always Love You. There's just certain songs that, that they have that message that doesn't feel preachy, but just feels um, unifying, maybe. Yeah. Well, I think for listeners who are curious about the record, I just want them to know that it covers some real ground. You've got some hard rockers on there. You've got some Americana-feeling ballads. You've got some things that are sound like British New Wave vibe <laughs> song. You know, it's like the, you really you cover some territory on this record. When that song started evolving the way it did, Heartless Mind, it was like, whoa. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of scared of it, but I love it. And yeah. my 10-year-old was like, that's the best song you've ever done, Mama. That song is <laughs> going to make you so much money. I was like, well, hang on now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Hey, why don't we listen to that song right now? Heartless Mind.
That's Margot Price, Heartless Mind, from her record, That's How Rumors Get Started, out on Loma Vista Records. We're going to have more music from Margot later on in the show, plus a conversation with Roger Duncan and music and a chat from Swamp Dog. That's all coming up after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town. We've got more music coming up from Margot Price. Plus, we're going to visit with and hear some songs from Swamp Dog, and they have a cool finale at the very end of the show. All that's coming up. But, you know, since we started E-Town back in 1991, we've had frequent conversations with people who know a lot more than I do about things like renewable energy and reducing carbon in the atmosphere. So climate change was a big concern of ours early on, and it still is. Uh, With that in mind... Our next guest is somebody who's been doing this for a long time. He's been thinking about those issues for a long time. In fact, back in 2005, our next guest, Roger Duncan, was recognized as one of the 20 leading carbon reducers in the world. He's been a research fellow at the Energy Institute at the University of Texas at Austin. He's also the former general manager of Austin Energy, the municipal electric utility for Austin, Texas. He's the co-author of a new book that's called The Future of Buildings, Transportation, and Power, and he joins me now. Roger Duncan, welcome to E-Town. You've been at this energy efficiency carbon reduction game for a long time, and, and thank you for doing that good work. Thank you very much, and thank you for inviting me today. You're the co-author of a new book called The Future of Buildings, Transportation, and Power. Um, I especially like the part where you talk about getting to 80% as soon as possible. In our case, we think that if you really are going to change the economy. And if we were to stop burning fossil fuels for the generation of electricity and stop burning fossil fuels for our cars and trucks, we would move most of the way to where we want to be with the focus on those two sectors. And those are the areas where we do have mature technologies already to address them. We, we don't need new inventions new innovations to address those sectors. Right. And so that's why we wanted to uh, focus on that. Yeah. I was interested in the example you gave of three cities, 
Austin, Seattle, and Cleveland, Ohio, um, and how the solutions for those cities are different based on basically how they get their power and how they use it. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yes, um, we think that we should spend more time in prioritizing what we do on a regional basis. For instance, it's easy to say we should weatherize our homes, but weatherizing a home in Austin, Texas is a lot different than weatherizing one in Buffalo, New York, in terms of what you need to do. Right. And some technologies, for instance, changing out light bulbs, generally we all agree that we need more efficient light bulbs, but changing out light bulbs in Seattle really is not saving carbon because they're running off hydroelectric power and wind power mostly up there. Whereas in Cleveland, changing out light bulbs reduces a lot of coal emissions immediately. Yeah. And so you mentioned that these are all technologies that exist. We don't have to wait for innovation. There obviously is going to be a lot of innovation, particularly around battery technology and storage and other things, and particularly in the area of buildings. But as you say, the transport and the energy generation piece right now, we, we know a lot, we can change a lot, we can do a lot. Um, I want to just talk about the transport sector for a minute. I was really intrigued at one point you mentioned overall converting everything to electric. So we have electric cars and electric trucks and electric ferries, but not airplanes or ocean-going freighters. Uh, those are two transport sectors that will be tough to convert. And then you also included, if time is not of the essence, bringing back sailboats, which I thought was something I, have, I haven't heard that before. It's like, yeah, let's, let's imagine Boston Harbor filled with sails once again. That's pretty cool. Yes. Well, uh, if we're going to go to a completely carbon-free economy in some areas, we may have to trade off some of the speed in particular that we're used to with more sustainable technologies that may take a little longer. Um, I, I don't think it's true that there won't be any um, lifestyle changes that we'll have to undertake to get to a carbon-free economy. There'll be some lifestyle changes we'll have to embrace. Yes. And maybe one of them is patience. Patience may be uh, certainly one of them, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, so the next 10 years are pretty important. Um, a Biden administration has uh, promised to be much more aggressive around climate change and energy efficiency, carbon reduction goals. If you got a call from uh, President Biden or John Kerry, his energy efficiency and climate envoy, what would you tell them to focus on? I would tell them to focus on uh, really uh, four areas, transitioning our power generation to uh, mass deployment of wind and solar technology, transitioning our transportation sector with our cars and trucks to electric vehicles. I would also have them focus on reforestation. Reforestation is one of the biggest bangs for the buck in terms of uh, uh, cheap deployment and, and removing carbon from the air. And those are the areas that we can focus on with our current resources over the next several years while we do the innovation and research and development to get the more difficult sectors that are going to need to be transformed, say, 10 years from now. Yeah. So is that, is that the fourth sector, R&D? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so for our listeners, they feel like big problems and big issues. Same deal for us, basically, right? Just examine our transportation, how we get from one point to another, whether we can drive less or commute less, and how we use energy in our homes and 
how we act as consumers? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, one last thing, Roger. Um, so uh, pandemic. Mm. So we've got sort of conflicting forces around the globe at this point in terms of probably in some scenarios, there's much less use of public transportation, but also there's probably much reduced air travel and much less commuting in some countries. Do you think this helps as a kind of a pivot point for us to try to come back after the pandemic in a more energy efficient way? Or do you think we're just losing time as we try to achieve these goals? Well, actually, I think that there are some changes that have been made in the pandemic, such as work from home and such, that are going to uh, remain in force as we uh, hopefully get the vaccines deployed and, and return to a more normal economy, uh, that I think will accelerate our transition to a carbon-free economy. I think that the reduction in oil consumption that we've seen will rebound some but I don't think it's going to return to the place that it was before the pandemic. Yeah. And so I'm hopeful that um, on the bottom line is that we will move faster toward where we need to be. Yeah. Roger Duncan, thank you so much for being with us on E-Town. Roger is the co-author of the new book, The Future of Buildings, Transportation, and Power. Thanks, Roger. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. We've got more music coming up from Margot Price later in the show. But right now, it is my pleasure to tell you about our next guest. Jerry Williams was born in the early 40s in Virginia. He recorded as a youngster. Then he moved to Nashville to make it as a country singer and songwriter. And he had some success mostly as a writer. But uh, out of frustration and a desire to expand his musical palette, in 1970, he created the alter ego Swamp Dog with two Gs. He went on to record, I think, 24 albums under the Swamp Dog name. They were all funky and fun, and some songs had uh, political messages or social commentary. Lots of them have a sense of humor. The album titles alone are spectacular, with uh, titles like Total Destruction to Your Mind, Rat On, which is the one with him riding a smiling giant white rat on the cover, uh, Gag a Maggot, Finally Caught Up With Myself, I'm not selling out, I'm buying in. I called for a rope and they threw me a rock. Surfing in Harlem. An awful Christmas and a lousy New Year. That's from 2009. And then most recently, Love, Loss, and Auto-Tune, which came out in 2018. And the newest one, Sorry You Couldn't Make It, out in 2020. Swamp Dog has been rediscovered, and he's a favorite for lots of young artists these days, including Margot Price. We're going to start off with a song from his latest record, Here's one called I Lay Awake.
Swamp Dog is here with us in E-Town. Jerry Williams, Jr., welcome. So glad you could join us. Hey, thank you, man. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, congratulations. You've been at this a long time, and you've made so many records in so many different styles. It's funny, because I just was listening to your first record you made when, um, I think you must have been like 12 years old in 1954, right? Yeah. Heartsick, troublesome, down-out blues. You're a funny-looking woman, and got some funny ways. You're a funny-looking woman, and got some funny ways. I'm gonna leave the cold and standard one of these already days. Well, there was some time left over from a session that my mother and um, stepfather were doing. They were cutting the record, yeah. and they had told me that I could record, but apparently they didn't mean it. <laughs> so as they were breaking down. You know, I started asking and then started crying and bawling about how come, you know, so finally somebody said, okay, go ahead on. <laughs> and by that time, I had written about 30 songs. When you were 12 years old? 
Yeah. Wow. I mean, they weren't. Yeah. They weren't the greatest. You know, I, you can tell from heart sick troubles from down our blues, they weren't the greatest. But I did it. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you because you talk about how. Um, you know, you've played in so many different styles, but you say um, all your songs are basically country songs when you strip it down to the basics, right? Yeah. I don't know anything else. You know, I just want to go back to this thing about you, you know, recording R&B and then uh, deciding that you wanted to really go to country music and make a go of it, you know, as a songwriter and as an artist in Nashville and stuff. How did you do that? Did you just go down there and see what you could stir up? Yeah, but at least I had credentials. That's what helped me a little bit was the fact that I had been uh, nominated for country Grammy for uh, She's All I Got back in 71, 72. And uh, country fans, they don't forget you. Yeah. They don't cast you aside. So is that why you uh, created the persona of Swamp Dog in 1970 or whenever it was? No. No, I, I I created that persona only because I had lost track of Jerry Williams. I see. And I didn't know who I was, what I was supposed to be, what I was supposed to do. At the time, I had a very, very, very good wife, Yvonne. She passed, and she helped keep me on track if it hadn't been for her. I'd be somewhere in the nut house going, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> but uh, but I needed an identity. Yeah. So Swamp Dog took over. And Swamp Dog was kind of crass, the type of person that you didn't care if you didn't meet him again, you know. <laughs> but as Swamp Dog, I would always leave you with thoughts of something that I do or did where you'd have to see me again or want to see me again. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you about uh, Love, Loss, and Autotune, almost your newest record, Love, Loss, and Autotune. That's a completely another direction with some, you know, electronic effects and autotune on your voice, and it sounds great. Yeah. We're going to play a little snippet of it right now. Okay. Only baby 
So all I can say is I remember the first time, I think it might have been Cher was the first time I heard anybody sing uh, with an auto-tune like that, but that that actually sounds really good. Did it surprise you when you first heard that record? No, that's what we were shooting for. Yeah. And I started to call it a love loss, something like that. Yeah. But I said, the critics are going to kill me. So before they kill me, I'm going to unload their guns by putting love loss and auto-tune. Right. So they won't say that Swamp Dog with his old ass is trying to <laughs> be Beyonce. Uh, he's trying to get in a category where he don't belong. You know, he don't need to be. So I kind of cut the critics off. Yeah. That's what that was about getting rid of the critics. And uh, and you've got a bunch of smart young people circling around you now. Exactly. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to keep. <laughs> Anybody over three years old can't work with me. <laughs> I'm on fresh ideas. Yeah. Well, I know you worked with, um, on your uh, Sorry You Couldn't Make It record that's got, you know, Bonnie Vare's Justin Vernon. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Lewis is on there. And you also have John Prine on there. Yeah. Brian and I have been friends since the late 60s. Well, you cut his song, Sam Stone, right? Right. Yeah. And that's still my most requested song Wow. when I play. And he was sounding good, too. I mean, John Prian, I went to a couple of his, you know, shows towards the end of his career. And, man, his shows were great. Yeah. His band sounded good. He really connected with the audience. Yeah, and he had a... Had a dry sense of humor that was great. <laughs> so, um, so this record, um, Ryan Olson, Justin Vernon, uh, they've they've been on the the last couple records with you, right? Those two. Yeah. Did you kind of turn them loose when it came time to mixing and and putting the records together? Yeah, that's the only way I was gonna keep my signature off of it. Yeah. I even took a few suggestions about my vocals, yeah, but not a lot. Yeah, But I didn't have any say-so on the album, the songs, even though I wrote most of the songs, they picked them. Yeah. Ryan stayed here at my house for two, three days while I was on the road and went through my crate of lyrics and he picked the songs. Yeah. How many songs have you written, do you think? Close to two thousand about yeah about two, yeah about 2000 songs 2000 songs there's a lot of songs yeah but there's a lot of bullshit in there too <laughs> you know some of them ain't worth a damn yeah well you got it that's that's how you do it you got to keep making them <laughs> yeah well congratulations man the new record is called sorry you couldn't make it but it is a, an addition to a long Long list of records yeah. uh, by Swamp Dog, a.k.a. Jerry Williams Jr. And thanks so much for being with us on E-Town this week. Hey, man, thank you, Nick. If you let 
let me go round again. I'll build a better mousetrap from a far more better plan. Everything I put my hands on, I blew it. Women, jobs, money, friends, and I knew it. Acting crazy, talking dumb all the time. I woke up yesterday, I was 40 years old. Life had passed me by.
that Swamp Dog, Please Let Me Go Round Again with his friend John Prine. The record is called Sorry You Couldn't Make It, thanks to Swamp Dog. We've got more music coming up from Margot Price, plus a great finale between Margot and Swamp Dog, all coming up after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by Silk, a pioneer of plant-based beverages that supports the environment as a charter sponsor of Change the Course, a freshwater conservation and restoration program created by Bonneville Environmental Foundation and National Geographic. You can learn more about Silk's environmental commitments and plant-based nutrition at silk.com. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who hear E-Town on stations like WRUU in Savannah, Georgia, on KRCB in Santa Rosa, California, and on WNCS in Montpelier, Vermont. As always, if you want some more information about any of our guests, lots of information is available at etown.org. Okay, we've got a great John Prine song that Margot and Swamp Dog recorded together for our finale. But first, Margot Price, welcome back. Thank you. Margot, again, just thanks so much for taking the time to, you know, just visit and, and talk about your new record and your situation. Um, it's really good to get a chance to visit with you. I look forward to a time when we can do a, an E-Town show where you actually are, are playing live. We have a little theater in Boulder called E-Town Hall. Awesome. And so I, I'm in the recording studio now, which is also part of the building. But Very cool. Um, someday when you're back in Colorado and the, the world is a little more sane, uh, maybe we can visit a little and play some music. I'd love to. I have a, a sweet spot for Boulder. My husband and I, at one point, we sold everything at a yard sale and we moved out to uh, like Boulder area. We were in Winter Park and Fraser, that whole wow. that whole area there. Uh, Netherlands, we used to hang out and busk on Pearl Street and we were living in a tent for about two months and then... Then it got too cold and moved back in with my parents and then somehow ended up back in Nashville. But we, I love Boulder and I love Colorado and I just, I can't wait to get out there again. Yeah, well, I, l- I look forward to that moment. I'm sorry I missed you busking on the Pearl Street Mall. I'm sure I walked, <laughs> I walked by. Hopefully I threw a dollar in there somewhere along the way. <laughs> uh, we, had, we had a hustle going. We had a, a sign that said, just married, need money for rings. And we sometimes, yeah, sometimes we'd make a good enough amount that we'd, we'd stop, we'd go get dinner and get a bottle of wine. And it was, those were the days I, I wanted to stay out West and, you know. Well, we'll, we'll be here when you're ready. That's right. <laughs> Margo Price, thanks so much for visiting with us and being a part of E-Town this week. Thank you. Honored to be here. Congratulations. Hopefully we'll talk soon. Yeah. Take care.
That's Margot Price from Nashville, Tennessee. Her latest record is called That's How Rumors Get Started out on Loma Vista Records. We have got time for one more song. I want to thank all our guests. Thanks to Margot Price. Thanks to Swamp Dog. Thanks to our interview guest, Roger Duncan. Thanks to our production crew, including Helen Forrester and Todd Ayers. Our song that we're going to do right now is one that we recorded with Swamp Dog in L.A., Margot in Nashville, me and Christian here in Colorado. I'm Nick Forrester. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town.
But traders house ready bought on the GI Bill For a black drape casket on a local hero's hill There's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes Jesus Christ died for nothing, I suppose Little pictures have big ears Don't stop to count the years Sweet songs never last too long on broken radio There's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes Jesus Christ died for nothing, I suppose Little pictures have big ears Don't stop to count the years Sweet songs never last too long on broken radios Broken radios Never last too long There's no sweet song This is a production of E-Town. That's Margot Price from Nashville, Tennessee, and Swamp Dog from his home in Los Angeles. Thanks also to Roger Duncan. I'm Nick Forster. Thanks for listening.